David Villar, Wilmer Flores, and J.D. Davis. While on the surface they might seem like similar players and perhaps a redundancy on the roster, each one has a specific role and actually the pieces fit together pretty nicely. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we're going to get to some more mailbag questions. Today is the official report date for position players to show up to spring training. And so we're going to have a lot of content throughout the week with the position players showing up and, of course, games getting underway this Saturday for the Giants and then games pretty much every day. So I can't wait. Regular season just over a month away. But the first question, as I was kind of alluding to there in the beginning, comes from Mike, who says, do you think one of J.D. Davis, Wilmer Flores, and David VR could be traded if Casey Schmidt comes up and tears it up? Seems like there's a logjam of right-handed hitters who hit lefties well but struggle defensively. And so this question gets asked a lot. I see it everywhere. Like, there's a lot of questions about the redundancy of those three players. It's interesting that Mike mentions Casey Schmidt as part of the equation because I think that does make a difference because suddenly there's another he's a Schmidt is a different player. But here's here's my answer. The the kind of short answer is that if Casey Schmidt comes onto the major league roster, by definition, somebody has to come off of it. And so I think the scenario in which you would see Casey Schmidt is such that, like, for example, David VR struggles, right? And so if David VR struggles and Schmidt comes up to potentially have a shot at replacing him, then automatically, you know, VR's off the roster. And so then the problem doesn't really exist. And another scenario in which you might see Schmidt is if, like, Brandon Crawford gets injured and they've evaluated that Schmidt can handle the shortstop position. And then in that case, Schmidt is playing short. And so it doesn't really affect VR, Davis and Wilmer Flores. And so I don't really, uh, it's hard to imagine like those four all on the roster and Brandon Crawford. Otherwise, you're probably not going to see Schmidt. And so look, there's definitely a chance. These are three players of somewhat similar molds. But the thing is, J.D. Davis is not just a guy who hits lefties, he hits righties and lefties. And I also just believe that they all three have a very clear role. They're not really redundant with each other at all in this way, in that right now, David Villar looks like the starting third baseman, and they've been pretty darn clear about that. And that means not a platoon. It means you're going to see him out there pretty much every day to start the year, and he's going to have a shot. And like I said, if he struggles, you might see him just kind of swapped out for Casey Schmidt, or you might see him get sent down. He's got minor league options, and you could see like Wilmer Flores or J.D. Davis play third. I don't love that defensively, which is why I think giving it to VR, who, by the way, I think it's the jury's still out on VR. I wouldn't just automatically say he can hit lefties, he can't hit righties, and he's not a great defender. I think it's a little bit early. They're saying that they believe he can be at least decent and possibly even above average defensively. And so 
We'll have to wait and find out, but I haven't extensively scouted his defense for sure. He had some good moments. He had some bad moments defensively last year. We'll see. He's young. I believe he can improve. And so the other role, so there's VR as the starting third baseman. And then look, at first base, you've got Lamont Wade Jr. projected as your starter against right-handed pitching. And at DH, you've got Jock Peterson projected as your starter against right-handed pitching. But both of those guys are just clear platoon players. They're not players you want facing left-handed pitching. Don't believe me? Look at their track records. They just don't hit left-handed pitching over the course of their careers. Sometimes you see little blips in a season where they do do okay against lefties, like Peterson last year was okay against lefties. But the career numbers speak for themselves. And so you need kind of right-handed partners at those spots. They're not going to just not platoon anymore. They're still going to do that. It was very, it's a, it's an effective way to get good production out of a position where you have guys who have vulnerabilities against a certain side of pitching like Wade and Peterson. And so currently I'm looking at JD Davis to be the guy when, when there's a lefty on the mound, he's, it could be Davis, it could be Flores, but to be that right-handed DH. And then at first base, when there's a lefty on the mound, game two of the season, probably Carlos Rodon on the mound, you're not going to see Wade at first or Peterson at DH. You're going to see Davis maybe at DH and then Wilmer Flores at first base. And then you would still see David VR. And so I don't see the, the kind of expendability of any one of those three in this scenario. If you trade uh, J.D. Davis, then who's going to be at first base as the right-handed hitter? You're, you do not want Lamont Wade Jr. out there against a Carlos Rodon. You just don't want to do that. And so I currently view them as all having an important role right now. They are somewhat similar in a way, but also they need the, the three pieces because otherwise you're short a piece. And so I, and they can all hit. That's, that's the other thing is like they have value too in that role. And so I, I kind of like that trio. Anyway, the next question coming from Aiden, who says they're going to have to trade for an infielder, right? An injury to Crawford and that infield is an all coal glove team. And so this question kind of ties in with the previous one. But the the kind of thing that I want to point out, like I said, with Casey Schmidt, I think I think they're going to he played some shortstop last year in the minors when Marco Luciano went down and reports are that he did well defensively. And so that could be kind of the way Casey Schmidt gets his opportunity. They're going to give him a look in spring training at short and they could really believe that he's their I mean, Tyro Estrada is like, of course, projects onto the major league roster. And if Crawford were to get hurt, I think Estrada is like the first line of defense, probably. Uh, but after Estrada, at this point, it, it honestly might be Casey Schmidt. And Schmidt is going to start the season in AAA. You want to see uh, what what he can do in the major leagues. And, and if Crawford were to go down, that might be the road in for Casey Schmidt. And that would allow you to keep Estrada at second if Schmidt uh, were to play shortstop. And then it would keep, you know, the other infielders in place like VR and Lamont Wade Jr. And so there's other there's also other possibilities. Like if they don't want to go to Schmidt, say he's struggling offensively in AAA and Crawford goes down and Estrada goes to short. I don't think that you're necessarily going to just see them go to like Wilmer Flores as your starting second baseman. Uh, because they've got some other guys on the 40-man roster who kind of could go to that second base position. And specifically, I'm talking about 
Isan Diaz and Brett Wisely. Now for Isan Diaz, I have pointed out he has not done well defensively in his major league career. And I don't really know all that much about Brett Wisely and how he grades out defensively, but I just think like if Crawford goes down, this goes to my earlier point. That's a roster spot kind of cleared. And so you're going to see someone probably called up to the major leagues. I mean, definitely, right? You've got to fill that act that spot on the active roster. And so I think they would go to somebody. And honestly, like a, a Casey Schmidt probably makes the most sense to me if he's hitting decently in AAA and if they really believe he can handle shortstop. But otherwise, this is the scenario in which you might see an Isan Diaz or a Brett Wisely uh, and they, they like those guys, and I think the fans want to see some of those guys. And so, at the same time, your question was, do they need to trade for a middle infielder, essentially? And it would be nice to have like a just a good defender who's like optionable and can we know for sure could handle those spots, like shortstop. So, I don't think they have to do it, but it would be nice to have, and... I wouldn't be surprised if they did do it. Like Nicky Lopez, I think, of the Kansas City Royals is a guy who makes potentially some sense in that regard. But but I don't know. I think they have some contingency plans in the minors in Schmidt, Wisely, and Isan Diaz. So coming up in just a minute, who is going to make this 40-man roster? Who is not currently on the 40-man who I think is going to make the 40-man? I've got quite a few guys who I think are a pretty strong possibility to do that. And we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the sportsbook app, FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. I'm currently looking at NBA odds. I'm, I was just checking out the NBA championship odds. The Warriors at plus 1,900, which has implied odds of 5%. I compared that to uh, what 538.com is saying, and they have the Warriors at, as 5% probability, as a 5% probability to win the championship. So just interesting there. It does align, and that's something you can check out. You can also look at their upcoming game against the Lakers. So you can do everything there. FanDuel lets you combine bets even for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, as promised, we are going to Get to some more mailbag questions. Guys who are not currently on the 40-man roster, there's some exciting ones, like guys who are kind of obvious players who you figure at at some point this year are going to get added to that 40-man. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. Recently talked about the Giants prospects, who we're going to talk about in just a second. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So the next question comes from, who does it come from? Katie, who says, who do you see inside the organization cracking the 40-man roster, uh, 40-man roster MLB this season? Also, do you see them adding guys throughout the season from other clubs or maybe adding more in their own system? So 
Yes, sadly, in some ways, because I know people tire of it. I do see them continuing to add guys. Like when you hear about these waiver claims or whatever, it's guys who are on a 40-man roster. They were cut loose, DFA'd, and then somebody claims them, and it's the Giants. And we've seen a lot of that over the last five years or so, four or five years. But I do think there are a lot of guys, actually, who are not currently on the 40-man for the Giants in their own organization, who I think you're going to see added at some point this year. And the three most likely or obvious or just most exciting, I guess, but and some are likely, is uh, are Kyle Harrison, RJ Dabovich, and Casey Schmidt. And then the other two I've got written down here are Austin Wins and Donovan Walton. And so I'll kind of wa- walk through each of those five. So Kyle Harrison, what else can be said about him? He's a top pitching prospect by many metrics considered, or not metrics, evaluators considered the top left-handed pitching prospect in the game. And he's he's in Major League Camp. He dominated in Double A last year. He's going to start in Triple A, and you're probably going to see him at some point somewhat early in the season this year. And you may never see him go down again, hopefully. That would be the dream. RJ Dabovich is kind of, he's a recent draftee and uh, has dominated in double A, went to triple A, had some issues issues with command, but he's a guy who's like a high probability, solid uh, reliever. And I think that you're going to see him added just kind of like Cole Waits was added last year and then got some opportunities. Farhan Zaidi has even mentioned that Dabovich could be a possibility to start the season in the bullpen. And with Cole Waits having a lat injury, I think the probability of that went up. Uh, So do not be surprised if Dabovich gets added to this 40-man and another guy who may not get sent down. Kind of like, you know, Camilo Duvall, he had some up and downs to start his career, but then he established himself and boom, he's a great reliever. And that's the hope for Dabovich as well. Casey Schmidt, I already mentioned him, plus defender at third. They believe he can handle shortstop as well, and he he kind of shot through the ranks last season, played just not that much in double-A, but got promoted to triple-A by the end of the year, which kind of tells you what you need to know about how they view him and how close he is to the majors. And so definitely a shot we could see Casey Schmidt in the majors this year, and he would have to be added to that 40-man. Austin wins, of course, we saw a lot of him last year. Giants catcher situation is very much in flux, I would say. And, you know, injuries, even if you suppose that, I mean, maybe wins is like fourth on the depth chart depth chart right now behind Joey Bart, Roberto Perez, and Blake Sable, even, who has to make the roster or else be offered back to the Pirates. Not saying he will, but you kind of factor that in when you're thinking about it right now. But I think at some point this year, seeing Austin wins, who was kind of taken off the 40 man during the offseason would not be surprised to see him added again and then Donovan Walton kind of a similar story in that he got a look last year and it went really poorly but he's still in the organization and you talk about needing an, a middle infielder he's a guy I think he's won a minor league gold glove at shortstop and so I wouldn't quite give up on Walton just yet he he's a guy who has like strong projections and so if they need him, like in an emergency, they're not just going to give up on him based on whatever, like 25 games he played with the Giants last year. It's a guy, I mean, the projections are strong. He's always done, not always, but he's had some really strong seasons in the upper minors and they might need him. And I know you're not going to, some of you are not going to like that, but 25 games is not really enough to fully evaluate a player. And he was, I guess, dealing with an injury. So, chance he could be added and then of course there's others as well but 
some of those guys feel like slam dunks at some point to be added this year. Next question comes from Alex, who says, in the future, could the Giants go all out for players like Shohei Otani, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Max Scherzer, etc., and should we expect them to sign if it does not come down to money? So uh, I don't see any reason why not, because clearly this offseason they proved that they were willing to be in those conversations. Now, it was very disappointing what the end result was, but there's no denying they made a serious run at Aaron Judge. They did everything they really could have. They offered him a record contract, and he ended up basically taking it to the Yankees and allowing them to match it. Uh, and then they pivoted to Carlos Correa, and they agreed to a deal for 13 years, $350 million. And as far as we understand, the next closest bid was like $290 million. And so the Giants were willing to like really force the issue here. And of course, we know what happened after that. But there's no reason they would be like, well, we tried. We'll never try again. And so this upcoming offseason, yeah, there's um, Shohei Otani is out there. Manny Machado has made it clear he intends to opt out. And so I have just mentioned that I'm skeptical about whether they're really going to just do everything to get Otani because of the fact that we've seen them shy away from long-term deals for pitchers. And he's half a pitcher. And so the fact that they won't go six years for Rodon, they won't go five years for Gosman, are they really going to go 12 years for a guy who's half his value or even more arguably comes from being a pitcher? And so I, 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 I'm not saying I don't want Otani or that I, I wouldn't, I'm not advising on what they should do. I'm simply saying I'm skeptical about if he's going to be the guy, but there's so much star talent, arguably the biggest star in the game. Like, I I also wouldn't be shocked if he was the guy they went after. But Manny Machado, I mean, just a stud third baseman, a little bit older. He's going to be, I think, 31, but so was Judge. But also, Judge, you know, grew up a Giants fan. So I, I'm kind of skeptical about Otani or Machado next offseason, and those are the top guys. But then the year after that, there's Juan Soto, but I would be there's no Giants connection there either. And also the defense, you want to talk about bad defense. He was a bad defender last year. And so I want to see, can he rebound defensively or is he just a great bat, but not anything in the field and maybe a DH, even though he's in his mid twenties. And so anyway, uh, I think they'll continue to pursue top talent and hopefully come away with a guy at some point. But I mean, Carlos Correa was kind of a rare bird and that he was 20 what was he? Twenty-eight years old. He was gonna be. He's gonna be twenty-eight this year, I think. And so he was young. And when they went after Bryce Harper, he was gonna be twenty-six years old in year one of his deal. And so when they've, I mean, but Judge was a little bit older, like I said. But he had those Giants connections, and it was just such a special season that he was that he just came off of that he's arguably the top player in the game right now. And so I think if you see these, uh, you know, big pursuits and hundreds of millions of dollars being offered the Giants will do it but only for like the elite talent but the guys you mentioned Soto Machado Otani those are elite talents and so I would not be shocked if they continue to pursue those guys I'm not promising you you, you're saying uh would you expect them to sign if it does not come down to money I think it has to come down to money you've got to you've you, unless they really just want to play for you, which none of these guys I see the Giants, none of them like grew up a Giants fan and it's a lifelong dream. It's going to have to come down to you make the best offer. And that's what they did with Correa. It was the best offer. 
And so anyway, coming up in just a minute, who's going to be the surprise breakout candidate on the 2023 signing? And what is the Giants' best signing of the offseason? We'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? You've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier. And Built makes that possible. You're able to get that candy bar flavor that you're craving without having to feel guilty about it. In, in a typical bar, we're talking about just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Truly incredible when we're talking about some of these delicious flavors. I mean, they're all delicious, but just hear me out on some of these names even. They make my mouth water. You can go to Walmart today, by the way. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box with flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or you can go to Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter and churro. Mmm, you can thank me later. All right, as promised, we are going to uh, get to some more mailbag questions. The next one coming from Bay Area Champ, who says... Position player-wise, who do you think will be the surprise find or breakout candidate this year? I mean, last year, the guy I said was Tyro Estrada, and I would say that that worked out pretty decently well. It's not like he became a star, but he certainly was a solid, and he was their best position player by, you know, fan graphs, wins above replacement. He he was a good player. Uh, one metric said he was not good defensively, but the others kind of disagreed with that and also the track record is that he's solid defensively and then he, you know, he's just a grinder and a, and a, and a quality player and he's young. And so this year, I mean, I think the obvious guy is David VR. Do we count last year? Like, is he a guy who hasn't broken out yet? I think so because it was a small sample. And so there's a chance, I mean, VR just becomes a good major league player, but we don't know yet. And then the other guy after that, I think Casey Schmidt, just because of the floor of defense, meaning, I, said, I mentioned this recently, but Matt Duffy, in that great rookie season that he had with the Giants, he didn't hit all that well. He was just a little above average offensively, but he was so good defensively that the total package of Matt Duffy in that season, he didn't go on to be a great player, uh, kind of bounces around now and no power really to speak of and hasn't really become what we hoped he could be at that time, but that great season he had was fueled by just being a plus defender at third base and hitting okay, a little bit better than okay. And I think for Schmidt, if he can just do that, just hit okay and be a great defender at third, then there's real potential there. And of course, if the bat becomes a little bit more than that, then it's a star. And so uh, I'm not saying, yes, Casey Schmidt will be a star, but I'm saying I like the probability of Casey Schmidt having success in the major leagues because of that floor of defense, and it's something the Giants need. And you've got two guys there at third, and VR and Schmidt, and then, of course, the other two in Davis and Flores. So there's a lot of kind of layers of depth here, and I like the probability of at least one of those two young guys kind of having success. It's I'm not saying it's a sure thing, but when you've got two of them, you know, the odds are up, go up a little bit. And then beyond that, I mean... Kyle Harrison, is it? A, a, it's not really a surprise find. I guess Brett Wisely might surprise some people. Isan Diaz would surprise some people. How about Donovan Walton? That's like a uh, people don't want to hear that. But what if he had a nice season? It's happened before. You look at the track records of a lot of good players, and the, a lot of times they struggle in their first 
little while in the major leagues and then go on to have success later. I mean, look at Max Muncie on the Oakland A's. Look at the numbers for Muncie before he joined the Dodgers. And you'll see a guy who people would have been upset about giving him an opportunity. And so Farhan Zaidi was the guy who brought Muncie to the Dodgers and gave him an opportunity. And so, yeah, I mean, Kyle Harrison, RJ Dabovich, kind of the guys I've already mentioned, Casey Schmidt, David Villar. Those are the guys I'll go with. Kevin says, best offseason signing. And I, I got a similar question to this recently, and I my follow-up question was, do you mean on the Giants or do you mean in Major League Baseball? So I'm assuming you mean on the Giants. And the answer I gave the other day was Mitch Hanniger. And what I liked about Hanniger was that he's had some really good seasons. It's a two-year deal before there's an opt-out. And so the fans get at least two guaranteed years of uh, Mitch Hanniger. Grew up a Giants fan, wants to be here. And what I really like is that he's an everyday player. He's He's got really good numbers against lefties, but he's also got really good numbers against righties. So you're not going to see him platooned. That's the answer I gave before, but I kind of was in a, you know, I was debating whether to go with Hanniger or Michael Conforto. And so today I'm going to go Conforto. I think that both of these signings are solid and interesting. And for Conforto, I think there's possibly even more upside than there is with Mitch Hanniger, although they both actually have a pretty similar uh, amount of upside. But for Conforto, he's just had some monster seasons, especially with the bat. I mean, I've I recently talked about this, but if we look at 2017 through 2020, it's a four-season sample. Of course, 2020, not really a full season, but it's a 2,000-ish plate appearance sample, 467 games. The, the dude had a 133 weighted runs created plus and kind of graded out as a, an above average and positive defender in the corners, like way above average. If we look at, you know, 14.9 fan graphs wins above replacement over that span, if we do 1,959 plate appearances and then multiply that on a per 600 plate appearance basis, it's 4.6 wins above replacement per 600 plate appearances, which is basically a full season. So the average player, average kind of everyday player is going to give you about two wins above replacement in a full season. And for Conforto, he averaged over this period uh, 4.6. So more than twice as valuable as the average player. And he's only 29. He turns 30 in on March 1st. Uh, so it's not like he's old at all. And he's coming off you know, he had a down 2021 and then had shoulder surgery, but he was a really good player. And so there's a somewhat decent chance that he kind of rebounds into that form. Uh, there's He's not like 37 years old. You know, he's 29 right now and he's motivated. He's got this opt out after year one. And so if he can have one of those seasons, he could be the latest guy to kind of come to the Giants and rebuild value in a major way, which we should not take that for granted. It is much better to have that than to be a team that signs guys who then go on to stink, which happens. Like you look at plenty of signings, they just like stink. And that is an actual bad situation. Whereas you're bringing in guys like Gosman and Rodon who go on to just like 10 times greater value after coming to the Giants. It's just kind of incredible what the Giants have been able to do with a lot of these guys. And players around the league see it and they want to come play for you and get better and yes, you might say, and then hit the open market and leave. For starting pitchers, maybe that's a trend. Not maybe, it has been a trend. But we haven't really seen that for position players in terms of it being a trend. I have said this. I wouldn't be shocked if Conforto has a good year that he's actually a guy that they do try to bring back. West Coast guy, 
grew up in Oregon or or Seattle, I think Seattle area. And I don't know, it's probably a decent fit for him here. And so we'll see. I wouldn't just rule out the possibility of a long-term deal for Conforto if he has a nice year. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.